We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed. It is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and I'll be introducing to you my other teammates momentarily, but I want to give you an opportunity on this live, yes, I said it, live presentation to start calling in with your open and your honest questions, and we promise you we'll do our very, very best to give you a biblical response. So what do you do? Your participation is to call in, because as you call in, this is how this broadcast is going to go. You call in, as many as you call in with the various questions that you may have, we desire to give you a biblical response. Here's how you can do it. Start dialing right now, one triple eight, la talks That's one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. I'll give the number quite a few more times so you can get it written down. One triple eight, la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. You have access to the internet. You can actually send us an email question, and while you're on the internet, send a those social media blasts out that you listen to the broadcast and share the broadcast with many people. That's the Bible Info Brokers. You can go to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com, and while you're there, you can navigate through and see and then share that you're on uh, the broadcast with us. You're listening in, and you can send us an email question simply by in your email box, the address box. Write the word questions out. Spell it out, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. That's questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. I would ask that you get a pen, a paper ready. The Bible Information Brokers team would ask you to take, you know, sort of take some notes. So you develop your question if you don't have one specifically now, but you have one because, or you will have one by the show result. I guarantee you, you will have a question because we're going to be dealing with the various issues that people call in about because this broadcast, like I mentioned before, will go as you call in. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce to you the Bible Information Brokers team. And as we're setting up here on this live presentation, I'll just introduce the teammates with you right now, my good friend Brian Allen. Brian, how you doing, brother? Doing great, Darrell. How are you doing? Doing well. As we set up this technology here, I'm going to also introduce to the man that's in-house with me again, trying to play a little trick on easy today. We got PCA's Professor Craig Hawkins. How you doing, brother? Oh, Daryl. Doing fine. I would never do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't want to do that, brother. Listen, we're going to get to these phone calls, gentlemen, momentarily. Is there anything that's going on that you guys want to specifically talk about uh, right now before we get into the phone calls? Craig, I will say this though, Craig, if you don't have anything in particular, I want you to let the people know, give them a sort of a heads up on what you're going to be doing next, not next month, but actually in September, the end of September, early October, you're going to be going out of town. And I want the people to understand what you're going to be doing so that when I put the offer in there and give them an opportunity and a privilege to participate with your goings, um, they'll know what we're talking about. Uh, thanks, Daryl. Very excited to be going back to India again. And Actually, it looks like we're doing two training sessions with two completely different groups of, of Christian leaders. We go over there, we train Christian pastors and leaders, give them um, a free training, often that the, their room and board is paid for, 
uh, to come to a central location where we meet. And uh, some of them travel literally three days to get there. And I don't mean three days by plane. I mean, it's, but three days by you know bus, plane, and train, mm. and mm. chicken coop, and everything, whatever, <laughs> else, carrier pigeon, whatever else. Seriously, um, but but seriously though, um, so we're doing that, and then we're also going to be training. Looks like uh, I will be uh, going into Myanmar and getting the privilege of training some Christian leaders from Myanmar as well. Last time. Uh, when I was in India, I actually went to a state that's right on the border, one of the states on the border of uh, Myanmar, old Burma, in case you are not don't know what I'm talking about, and met a number of Christian leaders, and I'm looking forward to going back and training them and others. And uh, one of our former students, who's just an incredibly bright guy, he, he only speaks 10 languages, you know, he's kind of a slouch. <laughs> 10 languages, really bright guy, really on fire for the Lord. I've traveled a fair amount with him, uh, Ranjit, and I'll be going to visit with him and do some training, and again with my colleagues in Delhi and in another location, and very excited about that. Uh, and that's gonna start, I think, September 19th and runs through actually the first, second second week of October. I mean, this is action-packed. I mean, we go there, we're busy the whole time. I mean, we're, we're, I'm not sightseeing, folks. <laughs> I, I, mean, I see some sights because it's on the way, but I mean, I'm not there to sightsee. Uh, we're there, you know, morning, noon, and night training folks and uh, just really packing it in. And I, I often tell people, Daryl, just quickly, if, if I took you with me one time, you will never be the same. You see these folks, you see what they go through, see how they live and what they're doing, their heart, their passion, their intelligence, their commitment, uh, sold out for Christ. Um, you'll never be the same. They put us to shame in the West, really, uh, what they go through and how they live and uh, their love for God and sharing with uh, not only Hindus, but Buddhists, uh, Muslims, Hare Krishnas, uh, Baha'ism is over there, you name it, all kinds of stuff. Let alone, by the way, guys, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormonism, and all that stuff as well. Anyway, appreciate people's prayers. That actually starts September 19th, and I'll... I'll be going in the end uh, right after that and through the first, second week of October. So appreciate your prayers. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, again, that's uh, Professor Craig Hawkins going on that trip coming up, and we'll give you more information about how you can participate and even make it a more of a success in what it's planning on being. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're going to get into the questions. And as we bring your call up, I'm just going to ask that you get right into your question as we introduce you so that we can get as many calls as we can. And if those that did not hear us before uh, desire to call in, you can simply dial one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, or you can send us an email question. And uh, me and Brian know more about that technology than Professor does. We won't bother him with that, but we'll bring up your email questions if you send us a question on the address box questions at Bible Info Brokers questions at bibleinfobrokers.com, I should say. And so, um, if everybody got their ears up, we all good. Um, so let me see if I can. I got a little bit technical problem. PCH, can you hear us now? What about now? Okay, he's not coming up there. Um, we might have to do something with the. Uh, and, and he's coming in. Okay, very well. Well, look, look, we're going to bring up one of the calls now, Joe, and I'll get Joe's question from Anaheim as we get this technical difficulty straightened out. Joe, why don't we do this? Joe, why don't you um, welcome to the broadcast, number one, Joe, and let me know what your question is. I'm going to kind of repeat it as we get in this technical difficulty settled. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you very well, Joe. Okay. Yeah, so my question, I'm just um, seeking, uh, you know, biblical wisdom on how to counter-teach um, really the the things that, that pre-age, uh, preschool kids are being exposed to mm -hmm. that are clearly influenced by the homosexual agenda. For example, 
you know, the kids four to five, they'll come home with a lot of drawing exercises, you know, with rainbows. Um, their classmates or people in the play, uh, kids in the playground, will, they'll start seeing boys wearing, you know, uh, dresses or painting their fingernails. Um, you know, and so just, uh, it's something that we really can't avoid uh, in terms of this, this cultural war. Specifically, um, so, Joe, what, what is your question in regards to that? I mean, I, I so my question saying, is, yeah. what kind of biblical wisdom do you have to counter teach this? Just, in, just saying the Bible says this, you know. Got you, kind of giving him a, a, an apologetic for young kids to be able to do, do, deal with the issues that they're dealing with. Yeah. Joe, when you're saying young kids, what ages are you looking, up, looking like, at? Entering preschool, kinder, first grade. Okay. And, and Joe, are you saying that they're doing this there, like painting their nails or getting them dresses, or the kids are coming to school like that? Yeah, they're cla the classmates. Yeah, they're okay. classmates. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I know. I know. Sorry, I know it's their classmates, but I want to know is, is this because they're coming from their home like this, and or are they doing it at school, painting fingernails and things like that? Uh, I no, I, I don't think that uh, I've seen them painting their fingernails at, at school. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I think uh, it's. It's sad. This is where our culture is. Uh, th they're going to cram this down our throat, and uh, we're we're bigot and obscurantist and whatever phobic. All these little loaded languages and pejorative terms they want to use, because we simply disagree. We respectfully disagree, and and I think it's important we teach our kids that, but we want to do it lovingly, and and by that I mean we we. we it sounds like you're already in tune with this. I'm probably just going to say what you already know, but I'll at least reaffirm that, is that we want to teach them to love these folks, but, but we want to give them the biblical perspective and that from God's perspective, who made us, that's not what we were designed for. That's not the way he made us. And you might even use an example uh, of, of a toy, take a, one of their toys and, and say, you know, what if dad was to go and do this with this toy? What if I took your fire truck or, you know, whatever, and used it for something like, you know, to hammer nails with? I mean, what would happen? Something that, you know, that they can relate to, that they know it would ruin that toy. And you say, look, this is what happens when we don't fulfill what God's designed us for. God made us a certain way, but, but unfortunately, human beings... Um, like uh, to rebel against God, like to disobey him. And I, of course, use terminology that my kids could understand the terms, but that, that the world is that, and people who are not Christians are in rebellion against God. And so again, we don't want to hate them. We don't want to be mean to them. We want to love them, but love versus approval. We love them, but we don't approve of what they're doing. And I wouldn't necessarily have my kids trying to engage them all the time and debate with them. But, but sure, you're forced to deal with this because they see kids coming in dresses or what have you, and you're like, well, you know, is that okay? Is that all right? And so that's how you know I would I would do this. And I just one more caution though, and I love your attitude. I love your concern, and I think it's very appropriate. And so I want to commend you for that. What a mistake I often do, and often did with my kids, I tend to give them too much. Well, let me give you an argument here. Let me talk about, uh, you know, and they're like, what? And my wife's gone, honey, these kids are not grad students. You're not your grad students. Don't, don't, you know, so do it age appropriate because sometimes their questions are pretty simple and they're satisfied with something fairly simple and, and they don't need, don't give them more information than they need or that their question is asking for. Um, but, but yeah, just lovingly present it and just say, look, they're, they're in rebellion against God. 
uh, they're disobeying him. They're they're doing things that they were not designed to do. And so we're not being mean or unloving. It's just some things are not appropriate. We don't do certain things. And they're doing this. They may mean well. They may think this is what's good and right. But but people make bad choices. And just try. Again, I, I emphasize, and you're probably better at this than I was, but I would emphasize, you know, give examples they can relate to, things that maybe they've done or another friend's done, you know, through a rock, through a window, I don't know, whatever. And you go, you know, that was wrong, right? That that was not what you do. Or you don't take dirt from our garden and put it in our, you know, in our living room and, and, and say, that's what this is really like. These people... Uh, they, they're they're doing things that are inappropriate, that are wrong, and and that's why we still care about them. We love them, but we don't we do not approve. We do not um, agree with what they're doing. You know, Joe. If I can add something else, I, I know you mentioned about the the age group that you're talking about appropriate. I, I had kids when they got a little older, like middle school, that I dealt with this issue when they were passing out. Um, condoms and uh, contraceptives at school and uh, uh, my kids came home and said dad well you know I, we know what you think about this but what are you going to say to a school that would offer these things and I and I when I went to the the opportunity to be in a public place when the school we had a chance to you know talk about these things in a public square my kids went to an extra school called uh, neighborhood academic initiative at SC so we had a lot of opportunity to talk about them in an open forum and I just simply put it this way I said listen it's a contrary, number one, to the laws of the land because kids under 16 uh, and, and actually in California under 18 should not be having sex in the first place. So if we're going to then do something with our kids to teach them, you know, offer them condoms and things like that, then I'm saying that's antithetical to the way we have uh, the laws of the land. So there's a double standard there. I'm saying if you want to really get down to it, if a kid's going to do something wrong, then I would rather teach my kids how to uh, – you know, rob a bank uh, if you're going to be you know, sort of a reductive out of certum. Rob a bank, teach them how to do a ski mask and teach them nomenclature of a gun to be able to, to make money as opposed to getting some possible venereal disease. I mean, that's to me, to my kids now. I don't know why everybody else want to handle it with theirs, but we were pretty straightforward in my family about that. You know, one thing I, I'm, I'm looking at is um, the way uh, society works and the way the world is. You know, when you look, I think back of, of slavery – and when people were brought up in that situation and that's all they saw and that's all they knew, they thought it was right. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and I'm looking at this whole homosexuality agenda. They're starting at kids so young that they're bringing them up as if mm. this is the norm or this is right. Exactly. And so uh, – but, but I, I truly feel that the Spirit of God will – uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, shed the light on individuals. I mean, just from the Imago Day, knowing that something is wrong or something's not right when it comes to this. But yeah. I, again, I, I look at it as slavery. People who were brought up in the slavery days, that's all they saw, that's all they knew, they didn't know or see anything else, thought that's, that's what the norm was. And I'm, and I'm, I'm seeing that this is happening in the uh, in the homosexual agenda with the homosexual yeah. agenda as well. PC that, that, that's towards. exactly my that's exactly the, the concern is that it's it's not really about right and wrong. I, I think in in the mind when when they're at that age, it's just more like what's normal because they you know this is the world exactly, that they are, that and they that's what experience. And when you expose so much immorality and so much ab- what to us is abnormal, which is abnormal to them, it's normal, and then it's their classmates, and then. Then that then that comes into them teasing them for having you know the opinion that their father had you know 
And so it's like a lot of confusion, and then, rebel- and then it just brings rebellion to the home because now the dad's not right because he can't go along with the kid, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and I, can't, I don't even want to think five years from now, you know, because what I've noticed also, like, just online on forums and stuff, is the teens today, it's like, it's completely accepted, you know, if you... you well, know, sure. And, and I was also seeing, also, I, I saw an article that, like, uh, a teen magazine where it's promoting, like, anal sex, and then they go out of the way to say, not really designated between a, a, a man or a woman, it's just people with those organs, you know, to kind of, like... Uh, communicate the transgender uh, right. so yeah it's just <laughs> well and and that's so you're right that's the bad news they're pushing it younger and younger and now even in preschool like you said in in kitty college and uh, grade school uh, the good news is we serve a sovereign god I, I think of daniel shadrach meshach and abednego who were faithful to god even in babylon mm-hmm. babylon as bad as we are babylon was far worse than even we are and yet they remained faithful to god and so uh, again, I, I love your attitude. This is a chance to, to teach your, your child and to, uh, to the level and to the ability of their you know level of understanding and to begin inculcating in them uh, a love for people, but also the ability to answer questions and stay uh, unemotional, not hype out, not... And when these people start saying things like, yeah, you're intolerant, um, mm-hmm. you're, you're bigoted, whatever term they want to use, homophobic. These are all these, this is all a lot of this is. Uh, again, I keep recommending some works by Shelby Steele, uh, who's a fellow of the Stanford, at Stanford University, talking about you know the, the, the liberal left, if you will, is just they're just shouting at people. They're, they're just shouting them down. They're calling them name. they, names. They believe they have the moral high ground, and they think they don't even have to give an argument. Uh, people like us shouldn't even have a platform. They, they forget, like, the First Amendment and whatnot, you know, that applies to us. So at any rate, but, but the good news is, uh, and I've seen it with my own kids over the years, it's an opportunity to teach them, and they start interacting with these arguments. Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it willingly but because they kept getting exposed to it at school I, I was forced to work with them and then educate them and then someone says well you you just don't like homosexuals and then I tell my kids you, you know is that true and they say well of course not I said exactly so I was teaching them I used it as an opportunity because it was here um, to educate them on how to address these issues in a, in a godly and intelligent manner and not stoop to the level of name calling and uh, you know, all this folderol that passes for public discourse. Uh, and so I think, again, it, it is an opportunity. But I'll never forget my, my daughter, when, uh, one of my children, when she started high school, she got hit on by a, a, a lesbian gal the first week. And you're like, so it, it, she already knew about it, but I mean, it forced the issue up even more because, I mean, we had had her in a private Christian school up through junior high, and then we were, because of one not being close to us and some other issues, put her in a public uh, high school. And the first week, <clears throat> right off the deep end, oh, yeah. into uh, the, the, the cesspool, um, and she didn't bring it up, This the, these people did right in her class, and then she had these people going around talking about tolerance and all this stuff. And But... I saw that, okay, Lord, you know this is going to happen, and we use it as an opportunity to further educate that child and teach them how to interact with these views. And and so God can bring good out of this, even though it's it's a bad situation. But you've already said it. It's not, I don't see it getting any better. No, and uh, Christians, are we're, we're, gonna, we're forced to 
And Step again, up our game. Again, not be, last time I'm being redundant, be confrontational in the sense of mean-spirited, bigoted, or, or, or feel like haters, but to just lovingly respond. Stand our ground, be firm. We love, accept, we, we love you, but we don't approve of your behavior. You know, Joe, just before we let you go, the media is, um, is not helping the situation. There's a, progr- there's a program that's called What Would You Do? And I've watched that show whereby real, you know, they, they enact real life situations on the public. And they had just recently, I mean, I think it was the other day when I heard of it, it was, it was saying a situation whereby a, a, a gender friendly situation guy wanted to buy a toy. And his son, it was a son, a teenage son, was, uh, not a teenage preteen, was telling his mom, I want a doll. I want a doll. And his mom was telling him, well, you know, why don't we get something more boy-like? And they was doing it loud enough whereby the people around them to get involved because the whole yeah. idea is they're saying, what would you do? Well, I'm saying that the media has already decided what we should do, that we should lean towards this gender-free, uh, unisex-type society whereby it's promoting the very thing that we're talking about now. So we have to be ready. We have to come up with some kind of something and step up our game, Craig. We really have to step up our well, game. The, well, the media, the media is been like that for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, like, like like they even know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like these guys are rocket scientists. And by the way, the uh, who was it? The president of the American uh, Pediatric Association was on, I saw her in an interview talking about a lot of these doctors, pediatricians are uh, being told and actually trying to keep kids from going into puberty and to uh, to encourage them to be transgender yeah. or not not pick a gender or to delay it. And you're like, who in the world gave these guys the, mm. the, the license to experiment like this and to tell people? And, and her point was, she's saying, look, these, this has in, incredible consequences. Many of these drugs make these kids sterile. And, and you're doing this at an age, you know, you know uh, prepubescent. I mean, we're talking fairly young. And, and who are we to experiment with this? It's just incredible. But that's the world we live in, Joe. We're just glad you're aware of it and you want to deal this with, with, with God's wisdom. Appreciate your call, call, Joe. Joe. Thank you. You know, Brian, you mentioned something about the Holy Spirit, um, like basically leading people to understand sin and, uh, you know, bring them to sin. Well, the whole reason for that issue is because we have an enemy. Of our soul, so Satan is. Right. I mean, we, we don't. I don't think we mentioned enough, Craig, that the enemy, Satan, is behind not only that, but a whole lot of other things that are going on that's antithetical to the Word of God. We, well, you know, we have the uh, for Christians that have accepted Christ with the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Um, you know, we we are. You know, we're and, and, and even non Christians, we're all born in the image of God. Okay, and uh, there are things that you you know that just aren't right. Okay, you, you you just know it because of that, and so, uh, but it, it it's it's total spiritual warfare, and and again, uh, Daryl is, you know, I I saw something early in the week about what Trump did with uh, the, the tweet about the transgenders. Yeah, yeah, about not being, you know, with the boy, it's like. Well, you, you know, when we get, listen, I don't, I, we don't have to talk about that subject and we can exhaust it if someone else calls in about it. But the bottom line to the whole idea that they were coming from not a, a spiritual, moral component, they were strictly coming from a, a political and economic component, which I want my government to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's like if we're going to legislate the moralities that they say you can't legislate morality, well, what else are you legislating? You're determining what's right from wrong in your society. Yep. You know, so that's what we're doing anyway. Listen, gentlemen, 
be wrong for us not to give out the phone number and let the people join in on us. Robert, Joy, we're going to get to your call in a second. But you can dial in. The rest of you that are listening and listen, if you haven't perked up yet, you should perk up by now because we're here to answer your question from a biblical perspective. So give us a call. That's Brian, Professor of PCH, and myself, Daryl EZD. Call one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight. 2557, which are open on this question. We want to give you the biblical response, or you can send us an email. We would love to receive your email questions as well. Write in a question or the email box, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. So go ahead and give us a call now. We have some open lines. Take advantage of that now on the broadcast. Let's go to Robert in the city of Los Angeles. Robert, thanks for holding on and calling in. Oh, yes. Hi. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well, Robert. Hey, Robert, what's your question for the night, brother? Okay, uh, there's been a lot of talk in Facebook. I read this thing about uh, the rapture taking place on September 23rd, and they talk about the 12th sign of Revelation. Uh, I just wonder what your opinion is on that. Well, it was on Facebook. I missed it, so don't you guys leave me behind, okay? <laughs> PPCH, I know if I miss, I know Craig missed it too. You, you, you know what? You know, the, talks all the time about that. nobody knows the date. I mean, plain and simple, nobody knows. Uh, I mean, Jesus is very, very clear about that. And, you know, here, here we go again, uh, people predicting dates. I mean, it, it's, it's bad enough that the Watchtower did it for so many years. Now we have Christians doing it. And here's my thing. Go to that individual. I'm sorry. I said this before and say, you know what? If the world's going to end on this date, I want you to deed all of your property and all your belongings to me be being effective the day after. Notarize it. Uh, yeah, notarize it and everything and, and um, make it effective the day after uh, that specific date that was being claimed to be the end of the world. No, no one knows the day or, or, or the time, period. And the Bible is, is very clear on that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought, and I, I did something on Facebook where I tried to rebuke it. Um, but I don't know, this thing always happens. You hear a lot of so-called watchmen that are always going out on a limb saying things like that. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I just wanted your opinion on that. Well, basically, it's not my opinion. It's it's what what God's word says, and so uh, we we and, and on stuff like that or on anything, you know, test all things, hold fast to that which is true. What do we test it by? We test it by the word of God, and that's what you need to do. And you know, I like you know Craig, Daryl, and myself. I always say, question these people. Where do you get this from? Yeah. Show me that in the Bible. Okay, they can't. They won't. Okay, it's it's another date that that that's come up. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, the Bible is clear on, on, on um, what it says. No one knows. Robert, we thank you very much for that call. That's pretty common when it happens every now and then. But thank you, brother, for that call. Thank you, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, just like Robert, just like um, our, our good friend uh, Joe a while ago, you can call in with your open, honest questions in one triple eight LA Talks. We have quite a few lines that's open and ready for you to call in. So give us a call at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight. 528-2557, or the email you can send it to Bible Info Brokers. I'm sorry, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Brian. Yeah, I, I want to bring up a topic that, that I was reading about, and it's, it's right up Craig's alley. And, the, and I, I know Craig's dealt with this before, and it was, should Christians study philosophy? <laughs> and um, I, I, uh, I, was, I was kind of reading some of the things that were being said, but... It was interesting. There was a quote, and I'm probably saying it wrong, but it was by um, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis. He says something about 
uh, Christians need philosophy to correct the philosophers that have it wrong. Pretty much something like that. But uh, but it's interesting. I, it was it was a, a topic that you know some some folks believe that you know Christians shouldn't even uh, deal with philosophy at all. So I would I want to bring that up to the professor who has a. Uh, uh, master's in philosophy, Craig? Oh, graduate degree. Graduate in, in, in mass, and, and, and he teaches it. So, well, respond yeah, to that. Are you trying to tease something up for him? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was interesting. I, I thought it'd be a good topic because it hasn't come up much on, you well, know. Well, what say you, Professor, about the, the idea of philosophy? And well, should we yeah. study it as opposed to really deal with it because we all get philosophical in our thinking? Sorry, yeah, I didn't know. It's fine, Brian. I didn't know you were going to ask the question. That's fine. I just I would have the C.S. Lewis quote handy. But he basically said, yeah, we need to have good philosophy because there's so much bad philosophy out there. And for the sake of our uh, some of our brothers and sisters who don't know better, we need to be able to help them. So some people get confused, and they don't really... Uh, philosophy literally means the love of wisdom. Of course, there's an old saying, philosophy is a love of wisdom, but that's not always the goal of philosophers. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times they just want to talk about how many angels dance on the head of a pen or you know whatever, something that's really uh, insignificant. Uh, at any rate, some clearly have too much time on their hands. Uh, but people confuse passages where it talks about vain philosophy, for example, in Colossians. Uh, worldly wisdom, uh, philosophy, I would argue all truth is God's truth, and uh, philosophy is a broad field, and it includes things like ethics. Well, morality is pretty important, and the Bible calls us not to moralism, mere moralism, but but certainly as Christians we are to live godly lifestyles. So it calls uh, logic, uh, excuse me, philosophy deals with logic, epistemology, logic, uh, what's called the study of inference or entailments among statements, uh, the laws of logic. Uh, epistemology, the theory of knowledge, what you can know and how do you know that? And I would say even people, how do you know that? You're already involved in philosophy. You might as well know something about it. Now, as a formal study, it's not for everybody. Uh, I've spent a lot of time studying it and teaching it for 25 plus years. Um, so I have a vested interest. I think it's very important, but it's not for everybody. There's people listening right now. I say, look, you know what? You're fine if you never study it formally. But for many people, they, they really need a healthy dose. And there's another old saying, and I, I subscribe to it, said the problem is with most theologians, they need some good philosophy classes. And the problem with philosophers is they need some good theology classes. So, for example, again, logic. People say some the goofiest, the, the dumbest things, the most uninformed things about logic, like, well, I don't believe in logic, and let me give you 10 reasons why. And you're like, you're going to give me 10 reasons why logic is not true. Hmm. Seems like you're doubling down 10 times. You know, it's like, I mean, could you imagine a person saying something like, um, I cannot utter a word in English? You know, Really? Yeah, yeah, and they say, oh, I see you're incredulous. You don't believe me. Well, let me give, I'll take two, three hours. And you know, you're just refuting your case even wor worse. If I say, my family has a world-class collection of square circles. That's, that's, that's not, it's not just wrong, it's nonsense. And so there are many Christians who mean well, who say pious things, but many times they utter pious nonsense. And that's unfortunately, is including some pastors. And so a healthy dose of some philosophy for some folks would really help them. Metaphysics, the big branches are metaphysics, for example, deals with ultimate reality, ontology, the nature of that reality. Again, epistemology is theory of knowledge. Ethics slash morality, what's right and wrong, what one ought to do and ought not to do. 
Um, the, so logic, the study of reason. Now there's other branches, philosophy of science and uh, language and whatnot, but the, the big ones I think are very helpful. And uh, there's some great books, Loving God with All Your Mind uh, and Soul by J.P. Moreland. Uh, there's just a number of books. Ronald Nash has some, a great primer on, um, on philosophy and, and others. So if people want to do some reading, I actually think if the church spent some Christians spent some more time doing this, they would say they would actually save themselves a lot of grief if they did study it, and we'd be refuting a lot of nonsense that passes for knowledge. I think of what Paul says to Timothy, you know, avoid what is falsely yes. pseudo pseudo is the Greek term. What is falsely called knowledge, which some having confessed have wandered from the truth, and there's nothing like a good dosage of a dose of truth. Um, to to go a long way to rectify falsehood. So yeah, I love that quote by C.S. Lewis. I think it's right up there. Up there. there. Yeah, Craig, as you're talking about that, what, uh, I think about Paul going through the Acropolis with those guys. Weren't there, were those guys philosophers or just the minds of the day? Well, or there what? were a number. There were there were uh, Stoics and Epicureans. Right. Yeah, and, and Act notice, 17. Uh, it says poets, but actually they are philosophers. And Paul's familiar. He's conversant yes, with yes. these thinkers, and he answers from their one of their own authors, and then he uses that as a springboard to share the gospel. Yeah, in fact, someone put it up, the quote, part of it is, it's actually a whole paragraph, but it, uh, the, the, the most germane part is, good philosophy must exist, if for no other reason, because bad philosophy needs to be answered, yep, uh, end it. quote. And uh, so that's exactly it. Acts 17 at the Areopagus, Paul engages the thinkers, and he, he takes them head on and uh, gives arguments uh, from the Christian perspective that directly address their their false notions. He takes what they do know, what we call common grace. There, there are things that we all know, uh, what's called general revelation about God, and he started with that, and then he springboard into a presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, even as you're thinking about the philosophy side of it, uh, I think that Paul's an excellent example of a man that was pretty a well-rounded man because he also dealt with the politics of the day. It saved his life in that time where he says, hey, wait a minute, I'm a Roman. You know, I'm a Roman citizen. So I think that whether it's philosophy or politics or any kind of higher yes. education, we really we really need to have some awareness yes. of it, what's going on it's, in our world as Christians. wisdom. We certainly well, need, we yeah, need we some. Take that knowledge and apply some wisdom to it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and I, I want to say this, and, and it needs more to be said, but minimally this. Formal education after high school is not for everybody. I, I, don't, I understand that. I, I'm a firm believer in it, but it's, I also believe it's not for everybody. Um, but what I want to say is, so, so one more time, uh, I don't think, and some of the brightest people I know never went to college. College doesn't make you smart. That's an, that's an oxy, no, it's a false. It, it can give you more knowledge. It can hone your skills, but it doesn't give you the abilities that you don't have to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like saying I went to baseball camp and now I can play pro ball. It doesn't follow. You mean like T-ball? I mean, I mean, Craig, how, how many people are, are just smart and have intelligence but have no common sense? Well, sure. Book and, knowledge. Book and, knowledge. Of course, as Mark Twain said, nothing's so uncommon as common sense. <laughs> and I've met many academics who can't find their way across a parking lot without a note from mommy. Um, and there are and or emotionally uh, their emotional IQ, their EQ is stunted, even though their IQ is quite high. But 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 what I want to say though is this. But on the other hand, uh, many Christians should have a formal education, and, and especially those in ministry. Not all, but many. And people say, well, see, well, Jesus just picked, you know, common guys, fishermen, and tax collectors, and that. Uh, Paul was very well educated. Paul writes the majority of the New Testament, and Paul's extremely well educated. And who's probably the most important person in, in the Old Testament? Moses. 
had the most education, yeah, right? right? So, so this is not to say, therefore, everybody has to have it. You know, uh, even a baccalaureate, let alone graduate degrees, uh, let alone, i.e., you know, past masters, if you will. Um, but don't knock it either. Uh, you know, that's the that's the bigger issue, Craig. That, that people knock it for. I, I don't know. I don't. I won't get to the psychological reason. But when we knock that education, what are we really saying? Well, that's it's, like saying we don't need medical. It's like saying we don't need medical doctors. I mean, uh, am I going to pray if I have an Ill, ailment? You bet. I'm going to yeah. pray. Call for the elders. Have them pray for me. First and foremost, you bet. But if that doesn't take effect ASAP, especially if I've got some life-threatening illness, mm-hmm. I'm going to a medical doctor. Absolutely. And I want them to have as much education and experience and knowledge as possible so that they can help me to live a long, healthy life. I always wonder what type of doctor was Dr. Luke. Was he like a, a medical a, physician? Medical, medical physician? Okay. He uses terminology right. that yeah. that a physician would would know. And many of the people, like Apollos was actually a lawyer. They're, so at anyways, there are both uneducated formally and mm-hmm. educated people in the Bible, but don't knock it because Moses is the man in the Old Testament. There is one, humanly speaking, and he is extremely well educated. And Paul is the man of the New Testament, humanly speaking, and mm-hmm. has the most education. Doesn't mean God didn't use, um, you know, Andrew and Peter. I'm not saying that. Uh, but what happens, we often have gift projection. And so we think everybody has to do things the way we do it. <laughs> and has to have our education or lack thereof. So if they didn't go to school, they're laughing like proud of it, and they think you shouldn't go. <laughs> and there's people who did go, and they think everybody else should go. Right, and it's right. like, you know what, knock it off. Neither is true. Find what God's called you to do, what right. his will is for you, and don't worry about everybody else's business. You take care of your part of the vineyard and let God deal with his kids and the other parts of his vineyard. And, and that's so true. You know, everyone's not, like, like the professor said, everyone's not cut out for, say, a four-year institution, but they could go to a trade school. Well, or, what do they do in Europe? In Europe, really, you, you make it to like 10th grade, if you will, and then you go to a trade school. If they don't yeah. think you have the aptitude and or desire to go to to, to to college, they don't waste your time. They put you in a trade school. And, and there's I think no shame in that. It no. Absolutely no shame. Me? Oh, and they pay very well. And, and again, some of the, I, <laughs> I'm not just saying tech. this. Some of the dumbest people I've met were actually have PhDs. I, I'm just like, sometimes, how did you get through? One of my karate schools, we basically in America, they have to eventually give you the belt if you pay for it. So there were guys with black belts. And we used to laugh and go, you better hope a black belt is heavier than a brown belt or green or red because you can't fight worth beans, buddy. Um, but there's some people who have PhDs and they're just not that smart. And I'm not just saying this, and I have some friends who are extremely bright, as bright as any of my friends with PhDs, with multiple PhDs, and they finished high school. And some didn't even finish high school. Right. Well, gentlemen, I'll tell you one thing. Neither one of us have PhDs in finance. And one of the things I know from uh, not having a PhD is that we have a need for some finance in this uh, ministry, uh, uh, Brian and PCA. So, Brian, why don't you share with the people how they can give to this ministry financially, and then I'll share with them how they can also participate uh, with Craig's venture. Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that keeps this ministry going is your finances plain and simple. And if you believe that this uh, ministry is uh, doing uh, God's work, then we're going to ask you to support us. There's a couple ways you can do it. Uh, you can go right to our website, go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, and there's a link that says support and donate. And you can just click it. Uh, you can make your donations, and the uh, your donations will come to us immediately. Now, 
you know, you can set it up where it could be an automatic thing every every month. And I know some of you guys are doing that. Or it could just be a one-time thing. However, it's your choice. It's between you and the Lord. So, you can, again, go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says uh, Support and Donate. Now, uh, you may want to uh, mail your donations in, and uh, we don't have a problem with that either. And uh, what you can do is you can write your check out to LBTW and send it to um, LBTW slash BIB. And here's the address, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 9009. Once again, that's P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 9009. And uh, again, I want to thank everyone uh, in advance for your donations. And, and please, uh, you know, really pray about this because we don't want to get in a situation again where, you know, it's like, hey, we're, we got one week left to be on the show or got one day left or we're not, you know, we don't we don't want to do this it's spiritual warfare. We talked about earlier spiritual warfare and the devil does not want this show to go on. He does not want this to continue. And um, we, we, we've been on the air over 20 years and, and praise God for that. So, again, if you believe with uh, in what we're doing, stand with us and uh, go to the website and give. Or, uh, again, you could just write out a check personally. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if, while you're on the website, if, or if you're going to mail a, a check or money order in, please don't send cash. And please don't send us anything that you'll be supporting your local church in. That's where you're getting fed. That's where your ministers are at. That's where people are loving you. And you should support that. So we're not asking you to. Uh, clip off something from them and then send it over to uh, to the Bible information brokers. We're asking you when you do uh, send in any donation that you would consider that you're doing that in the priority that we just sort of uh, um, you know referred to you. Also, if you're going to happen to give any money to uh, to help Craig with the ongoing work that he's doing in India this particular time, and we'll let you know about other things that are going on uh, that you can support, I'm going to ask that you also consider sending uh, some money towards that end. Uh, Craig has a lot of material he wants to take over there. I mean, he's basically he's like he's like me and Brian and other areas. We basically give of our own resources to do the various ministries that we do beyond the Bible information brokers. But we're going to give you an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God by when you do send a donation to the Bible information brokers and you want to designate it so you feel free to designate that simply put on there pch or put on there india pch or india and then 100 of that money will be going towards craig's trip up and coming trip so please consider strongly that you can do something like that as well we thank you in advance for that pch brian listen we have some phone calls coming in i'm going to give the number out again and also give the email address where you can send the email questions real quickly that's la talks um one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight Two five five seven. You can go ahead and start calling in right now. We'll take your phone calls, or if you want to send us an email question, go ahead and do that. Take advantage of that. If you're online, let people know that you're listening to us on the Bible for Brokers, no matter how long you've been listening. In the address box, write the word questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Spell it out, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. We'll be able to deal with your questions live on this presentation now. Before we go to the top of the hour break, we're going to go back to the phone calls, but then take advantage of the phone calls now. Take advantage of the lines now. We have some open lines. Don't wait till the second half of the show and then get down to the last quarter. And then all of a sudden, I've got questions now. Go ahead and get those questions for us now. We want to give you the biblical response. Um, gentlemen, let's go to Joy in the city of Costa Mesa. That's our good friend, Joy. Joy, how you doing, ma'am? I'm blessed. Thank you, thank you. Very good. And what's your question for the night? Oh, watch this, Joy. Are you knowing how smooth you are? Questions. 
Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Joy. Always, but I'm going to switch my question. May I? It's absolutely, I absolutely. Feel free. Isn't that, isn't that a quarter? Does that cost a quarter? <laughs> At least 75 cents. <laughs> Go ahead, Joy. It's from Hebrews chapter 5, where um, it, it's verse 7, but it will start at maybe 5. He says, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says, also in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So then he says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. And then though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. So verse 7, as I'm reading it now, I'm thinking, I thought it was talking about Jesus to begin, but then maybe it's talking about Melchizedek. But my question is, if it was Jesus with the heminent cries and tears to him, is it Jesus he's talking about or Melchizedek? Uh, It's Jesus. And so if it's Jesus, then, wow, for the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with the heminent cries and tears. Get sent of me. Yeah. So what about that? I mean, like, he's, he's human, and is it like in the Garden of Gethsemane? That well, he's... sure, and, and, and so he does, he never sins, he's right. never disobedient. Right. By the way, I always have to remind people, he, he fulfills his own will as well. It's not just the Father's will or the Holy Spirit. The three are the one true triune God. It is his will, but even, let me just use an example for a moment. There are times when I want to do something, but I know it's going to cost me. It's going to come out of my hide. There's things, I think of people, if I could use the example of what's called Hell Week, or there's people training right now for cross country. And there are people who still, you know, they want to do it, but they know that first week or two or three of getting in shape is really ex- can be excruciating, and yet they still do it. And so Jesus is fully human and still fully divine. He's not a, the third less filling God, or he's not, you know, partially human, fully human, fully divine, two complete natures, one person. And as a human, yeah, he's, he's in for some suffering, and he knows it. And, and there is a natural dreading of that, a natural, oh, wow, here comes this. Yeah. I mean, nobody in the right mind, except some type of you know masochist, wants to suffer. Nobody enjoys that, even though, oh, well, let me give you one more. Here we go. This is a, maybe a better example. And, and verse 8 follows what you just said, Craig, Yeah, cool. where, where he talks about he... he had to become obedient. Yeah, let me let me say this, Brian, and 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 when it says perfect, actually it means complete. There, he completes his will, the will of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Joy, here's an example. It's probably better than my other goofy one. Um, well, no, because those are running cross country right now. Thinking, what are you talking about, man? Shrugs. Um, yeah, no, no, that's really no. But think of childbirth. Women, yeah. anybody with any brains knows I'm Woo. in for it. Especially if you've had one baby. You Woo. know, most people are like, oh my, this is painful. But you still do it because you're, you're the joy of that when the child comes. Sorry, pun intended, joy. Um, you still have the baby, right? But you know it's going to hurt like mad. But but you've chosen to have the child. And so it is Jesus who for the joy set before him, as mm. it tells us elsewhere in Hebrews, right? Endures. Let me, in fact, let me go to that passage. And Brian, you're right. Let's come back to verse 8 in just a moment here. Uh, but the other key passage on th- while well, Craig's looking uh, for the passage, Joy, it's you know, uh, I Hebrews played foot I played football in college, and Craig hit it right on the head about Hell Week. It's like it's something you don't look forward to because they call it Hell Week for a reason, 
and uh, you're talking about two a days, three days for a long period of time, but you know the joy of what's going to happen when it's all over, and now you get to play the game that you love so much, and uh, and it's 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 very rewarding. It's, and we we in academy, right? That's Hebrews twelve, I think, Craig. Uh, but we in the, we in the academy, we had milk and cookies day was the first day, and all the rest of the academy, the other six months of the academy was hell academy. So it was just sort of like the opposite for us. We went through it after milk and cookies day on the first day. Yeah, thanks, and exactly, Daryl. It is in Hebrews twelve, and. It, it says, for example, again, regarding the great cloud of witness, referring to the believers who've gone before us and run the race well. Now we should as also, uh, got to love that. But it says, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on yes. Jesus, the author yeah. and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He didn't go, oh, woo-hoo-hoo, I get to suffer great. I'm looking forward to that. But he knew what he's going to go through, and yet he willingly endures it. But we shouldn't think that it's like it's no big deal. It's, I would use a more parallel example. I think of like John the Baptist. He's about to be beheaded. He knows his life is about to end, and he sends a message to Jesus through his, Jesus' disciples. said, hey, uh, are, are you it, or should we be looking for another? And people go, how could he do this, this great man of faith? Hey, you know what? If you're about to lose your life, you might be questioning yes. whether you had done the right thing because your whole life's work was to prepare the way for the Messiah, and you're about to die. You want to make sure you're passing man. the baton off to the right person. Well, look at look at look at uh, look at uh, Paul. He says, "I'm torn between the two. The, the wrestling. He, he's he's. I mean, how many people are literally torn between living and dying? I mean, I mean, how many people look forward to dying as much as living? Because Paul knew what would happen if he did die. He would be with Christ, which is far better. Yeah, and Jude Jude three, the great verse of. Uh, although I wanted to write you regarding our heartfelt salvation, you know, what we have in common, I felt the need to urge you to contend. The word contend is epi-agonizomai. Agonizomai is the word where we get a word agonize. A P, the preposition, means an intense form. This is like the idea of you're fighting for your life. Fight for this like your life. This is going to cost you some pain. You're in a battle for your life. I did martial arts for years and years. My my boys do now, and uh, there's some pain that comes with that at times. You get kicked, you get punched, whatever. But God forbid you're in a life and death contest where literally your life's on the line. You will endure incredible pain to accomplish what you need to. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I, I guess I just um, it just jumped off the page like with the hammer and cry, supplication, tears. I saw Lord. That's what He went through for us, Joy. Well, sure, yeah. and that's why. And, and, yeah, and Joy. Says, yeah, and He. And he was heard because of his godly fear, though, that too. I went, oh. Well, yeah, and it's not only because of that. It's because he's God himself, um, you know, the son. But 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 certainly the father honors him. We had a question like this, you know, somewhere last week, right, to this. And God hears him not just because of that, but because of who he is. But certainly he... The Father honors him for doing what's right and good and enduring this. I think if you know Mel Gibson's movie on, you know, the crucifixion of Christ, and as, as graphic as it was, it was more to the point. These pictures with Jesus, yeah. a few drops of blood yeah. coming down from his right. head, that's not reality. The yeah. cat of nine tails often kill people, whip their back off, literally. They often yeah. died from that. They never even made it to the cross. Exactly. And so Jesus went through excruciating suffering, uh, what he went through for us. And we need to uh, not be guilted by that, but to truly begin to try to appreciate what he suffered for us. It costs God dearly. God did suffer 
in Jesus Christ did suffer for us and not just suffer in a figurative sense but in a literal sense you know Joy we appreciate it I'm going to give you a chance professor to continue that thought Joy thank you for your phone call thank you let's continue that thought Brian you want to say something real quick yeah and and the thing was he didn't have to do it that's 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 what well once you know what in one sense he didn't have to do it but in another sense that he so God so loved the world that in a sense how else else is his creation going to get taken care of yeah and it's good a good segue to you, Professor, as you heard in our ear that we got about four minutes, can you give a good four-minute reason why we need to accept this possibility of us not paying for our own life and sin? Well, I can try, Daryl, but uh, in four minutes. But let me say this: because you can't. Thank That'd you. be like saying I'm going to do my own <laughs> appendicitis. Uh, you know, I'm going to give myself uh, the anesthesia and I'm going to perform the surgery or open heart surgery on myself. Uh, it's not going to happen. You can't both stay awake and do that and, and, and endure all the pain and suffering and, and do all the maneuvers. Uh, so simply, you can't do it. Friend, you can't deliver yourself. It's not just that God's nice. He does for us, for you, for me, for all of us, what we cannot do for ourselves. And he didn't have to, but he chose to. He loves us because of his love for us to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. You ever seen somebody suffering, dying from cancer? You know, it's 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 so it's just so overwhelming to see you know what they go through, a, a loved one, a friend, what have you. God sees the suffering we go through. You may say, "Well, I'm not suffering with cancer." Oh, you're suffering with something worse, the sin disease, and your life is marred by that. The 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 disasters in your life, the uh, broken relationships, the whatever. If nothing else, the emptiness. The estrangement, the loneliness, and, and I mean this in a very profound, profound sense. You may be surrounded by people, but you are alone in the sense that there's something wrong and you know it. And I got to tell you this, you cannot fix it. That is, it's, it's a heart issue. It is, uh, spiritually speaking, it is at the core you are broken, just like all of us. I'm not saying you're, you're homeless. That's not what I'm saying. But you're spiritually homeless. And only God can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And he has done it. And it's time for you to embrace the person and work of Jesus Christ, to trust in him as your Lord and Savior, which just means deliver. He delivers you, in this case, from the dreaded SIN disease and the terminal heart disease that you have. You don't just have need a triple or quadruple bypass. You need a heart transplant, spiritually speaking. And God has done that. We'll do that for you. Trust in Jesus. Believe on him as your Lord and Savior and receive the life he gives because, my friend, you're messed up and you are one heartbeat away from a Christless eternity. This is not an appeal to fear. This is not hype. This is like going to the doctor and he says, you know what? Your blood pressure is over 185. You, you've, we've got to take care of this. You, you're a walking time bomb. You know, or you've got uh, 70, 80, 90% occluded arteries. Uh, you know, the Widowmaker, what have you. You need to get, get this fixed now. That's where you are. This is not a scare tactic. This is a reality tactic. This is an intervention. You know, you may be sitting at the top of the hill right now. You you may have the tiger by the tail from worldly standards, but you and I, we know you're empty Mm. inside. There's an emptiness and a brokenness that you cannot fix. Trust in Christ right now. Believe on him. Acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins, and he will transform you. I didn't say an easy life. I didn't say all your problems will go away. But I'm saying there will be a joy, peace, and righteousness that you've never had. And he will give you new energy, new perspective, new desires. He will transform your life like no one, like nothing else can. Trust in Christ right now, wherever you are. 
receive him as your Lord and Savior and know that he gives you eternal life. That's not just longevity. That is a quality of life, life and that more abundantly. And folks, it's found only in him. Amen. Amen. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior between now and next Sunday, Brian and I are going to ask that you simply write down this number and give us a call and give us an opportunity to move you along in your most holy faith. That's 866-929-2514. 866-929-2514. Give us a call. But right now we're going to take a break and see you after these messages.